Charlie. Mark, one Charlie. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. About the future innovations and growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another spectacular episode of Finding Your Frequency. I am your host, Ryan Treasure, and we have a great show for you today. A lot of people have this question in their mind. I know I do as a father uh, looking at raising a young person into the new global economy that we're experiencing with all of the interconnectedness of social media and some of the disconnectedness that's caused by social media and some of those implications as we move through an ever-changing economy it's it's always challenging to you know plan and and make sure that you know where you're going and how you're going to get there and we're going to talk about that today we have a fantastic guest Alex Plinio, who's joining us, is the president of life and career planning. Uh, in addition to that, his prior position as a faculty member of Rutgers Business School and currently as president of life and career planning, LLC. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ryan. Glad to be here. Uh, we really appreciate you taking time to jump on Finding Your Frequency. And, you know, one of, one of the things we really like to discuss on Finding Your Frequency is we love to talk about business. We love to talk about the future of business, the technology of business, the uh, the upcoming components of uh, millennials now in, in, in executive spaces and all of these things that are starting to occur here in October of 2019. And so before we get, you know, too far down the road and talking about career planning and some of the things that are uh, always evolving and changing. I'd like to allow you the opportunity to tell our listening audience, you know, who Alex is and how did you find your frequency in life and in business and decide to do what you're doing right now? Uh, Sure. Thanks for that opportunity. Um, You mentioned that I held a position as a faculty member at Rutgers Business School and uh, the fact that I have a consulting uh, firm Uh, In addition to that, I want people to know uh, something more about me so that they understand when I'm speaking uh, to them through your program tonight uh, where it's coming from. I was also the co-founder of the Institute for Ethical Leadership and the Center for Nonprofit and Philanthropic Leadership at Rutgers. Prior to that, I was the CEO, Chief Executive Officer of an organization called AFS USA. Now, that happens to be the largest nonprofit international and intercultural student exchange program in the United States. Uh, I had offices that I work with in 50 countries around the world. And before that, I was in senior executive positions with Prudential Financial. I focused in areas of insurance, investments, financial services, and public affairs. And there I was the CEO of Prudential Annuity Services. Uh, that business did a $1 billion in revenue uh, in its products each year. But I also worked in a number of other areas, including change management, operations, and marketing. For example, I was vice president of marketing for the Prudential Asset Management Company, which at the time I was there had 50 or $60 billion under under management. 
Uh, Prudential wanted to create a foundation, the Prudential Foundation, to focus its philanthropy. And I was asked to start that organization, which I did, which became the top uh, uh, philanthropic organization at the time in the field of uh, life insurance. Um, I also uh, come at things from a community service point of view, having served on community and economic development organizations, youth serving organizations and what have you. I was chairman of the board for the Newark Collaboration Group. Uh, Prudential was based in Newark and I uh, headed up that organization for four years. I was also for the state of New Jersey, the chairman and started up the Governor's Schools of New Jersey with Governor Tom uh, Kane, who you'll probably remember from the 9-11 Commission. Nationally, I served on the Gifts and Kind Board, Independent Sector, Council for Advancement and Support of Education, among others. And in the arts field, I was uh, on the board of Allen Alley American uh, Dance Theater, served on the Conference Board, United Negro College Fund, and also the Alliance for International Intercultural Education and the Association for Practical Training. I've authored uh, books, including Time to Get Real, uh, contributed to the International Journal of Disclosure and Governance, uh, contributed to resource raising the role of non-cash contributions. Is there anything in the business world and marketing and leadership training that you haven't done? <laughs> well, it's one of the reasons I wrote my book because I think I've channeled myself the way my book describes the people they might want to channel themselves, whether they choose to stay in one position in business, government, or nonprofit, or whether they choose to move around, any of those things can be done if they lead what I would call an intentional life, which is what I've led. So uh, the many honors and other things that I've gotten have been fine, but the most important thing I've gotten out of it is a great family and a great life. And I really uh, have to say that I was quite intentional and it's what led me to uh, move toward creating the model that I use in the book and the book itself. So Alex, you know, one thing that I think is really interesting and as you think about five, 10 years into the future, but then also knowing all of the steps that you've taken throughout your career, how are things that you see changing from the way that business was done 10 years ago, 15 years ago to how the global economy is shifting things in a different direction? Hmm. Uh, dramatic, fast acting, hard to sell your ship. Uh, will get even harder. Uh, just think about the level of communication. You mentioned social media in your opening. Well, let's uh, remember that we're all, you and I and everyone else, are hounded by messaging and emails and telephonic uh, approaches that uh, are stunning today. So, you know, we're in a position where we're being inundated with, uh, with information uh, we didn't have cable news, uh, you know, 20 years ago. I mean, let's look at what's been happening on all fronts and the changes that have been taking place. So now you tell me, how does an individual sail their ship in that kind of an environment? They can't do it. They'll let life happen to them rather than them acting on life. And the purpose for the book and the purpose for our coaching and our firm is to get individuals into a position where they can think much more purely about where they are and where they want to go, 
no matter whether they're in business, government, or or nonprofit, and frankly, no matter whether they're 21, 41, or 61, because it doesn't matter where you are in your uh, career or in your life, you have to mesh the two together in a holistic fashion to fight the winds of change that exist out there. If you don't have something to hold on to, like a strategic plan for your life, how are you gonna respond to the guy who comes up to you and says, I got a job offer for you? How are you gonna respond to the wife who says, let's buy a house? How are you gonna respond to the question of, am I ready for retirement? Can't do any of those things unless you know where you are and where you're headed. Yeah, and I think even just speaking from my own experience, um, you know, I'm almost 40 years old and I get I get messages from our, our customers, our clients uh, in all shapes, forms and manners. I might get a, a Skype message from one, an email from another, a Facebook message from another one. Um, and, and you're right. There is so much uh, noise that's out there uh, in the world, in the digital space that it does. It makes it very difficult to take a step back and be able to figure out, OK, what of these types of things are important, which ones are not important or something that can be dealt with at a later time so you can take a breath figure out a plan and map that out i think that's challenging for anybody that's in business today whether you're an entry-level person who's just doing customer service or you're all the way up to the c-level executive suite and uh managing uh the leadership of the company uh what kind of tidbits or, or what kind of advice would you give somebody who's struggling in an area to try to uh, weed through all of that static well, the first thing that uh, I think I would focus on is that people have to pr- approach their life. Uh, he or she uh, have to be uh, astute leaders that create their own strategic action plan. We all know that uh, businesses uh, constantly do strategic planning. I was a CEO. So I'd bring people together and we'd look at the marketplace, we'd look at our financials, we'd look at our competition and so on. But when I ask people like you, Ryan, do you have a strategic plan for your life? 90% of people don't have a strategic plan for their life and yet they're spending time in their businesses to put these plans together. So that's why the book says it's time to get real. Uh, An unknown future doesn't help you. One you're planning toward will help you. So the first bit of advice that I would give is don't let life happen to you. Put yourself into a position where you're going to plan for the life that you want, have a vision, have a personal mission, understand where you're going, and understand which action steps will take you to the next level and the next step so that you can get to where you want to get in two, three, four, or five years. So the first thing is take control, calm your life, know where you're going because most of the people around you don't know. If I asked you or 10 people on the street, tell me where you're gonna be five years from now and describe it to me, they couldn't do it. And yet, if they read the book, and if they go through that process, they're gonna have to do it. They're gonna have to say, this is what my life will look like. Because if they don't have a destination, they don't know where the heck they're going. So the most important thing is to be intentional, to move in strides forward, one step at a time, let all the change around you happen, but understand you need to use it. Change should propel the sails of your ship. It shouldn't stop you in the water. And the only way that that can happen is you have to know who you are, where you're going, and how you're gonna get there. So 
how does one navigate that if they're stuck in the gig economy and they're moving from one gig to the other and it makes it difficult for them to really you know plan for what they want to do in the future when they're still trying to figure out okay am i going to have a gig in two weeks from now or am i going to be able to get another gig two weeks from now in whatever they're doing uh, i think that makes it challenging the economy and the way that it's set up currently makes that planning process challenging Sure. I mean, I was coaching a person not too long ago, uh, a woman who was in a position where she is in the gig economy. And and the the discussions with her, what I found really kind of enlightening was that as we talked about it and we started to develop the plan that she wanted for her life, her first instinct was to move out of the gig economy and to be in a position where she wanted more stability and a permanent job, uh, so on and so forth. And we were headed in that direction so that you could plan toward that. We're about halfway through and she changes her mind. There's a woman with two kids, uh, divorced, uh, in a fairly good paying kind of position, is in a position where she uh, now says, you know, I like the gig economy, how do I stay in it? And how do I market myself in such a way that I'm in a position where I always have the kinds of jobs that I want in the current economy. You know and I know that there are an awful lot of people today who don't have the kind of jobs that existed 30 or 40 years ago where they work for one company. When I graduated from college, my college uh, uh, president said, uh, your mothers and fathers, if they worked, they worked uh, for a company for 25 or 30 years. By the way, Ryan, that was my father. Me, I had about 10 different jobs probably. My kids already have four or five. So the idea is to accept the kind of economy that you have to work in and to understand how to navigate through that economy in a way that's going to be productive for you. If you don't think about it and you you don't know what your mind is, do I want that kind of a permanent job and so on. Do you know how many different positions someone between the ages of 21 and 41 are scheduled to have according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics? I do not. Six? I'm taking a guess. Eleven. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. All right. That's now. You know what it's going to be in 10 years? Probably higher, I would imagine. It is. I mean. It is. (laughs) So, so So here's the deal. You're absolutely right. So here's the deal. What are you managing in your career? You're managing change. How do you manage change? you plan for contingencies. How do you plan for contingencies? You make sure that you've got a plan that's malleable, that can change with the time, but that still has in it the basic tenets that are gonna drive your life. And where are they? You never wanna give up your values no matter what the gig is, do you? No, never. You, you, You wouldn't wanna do something that's dishonest or takes away your integrity. You'd never want to, so you got to know what your values are. Secondly, what's your passion? Where are the things that relate to your mission in life? How do you see that? What kind of work do you want to do? What kind of people do you want to surround yourself with? That shouldn't change. You know, what kinds of things are important to you in your relationships? Are any of them toxic? What relationships are toxic and you have to get rid of in order to keep your ship afloat? And which ones have to be supportive? that you can keep. I can go on and on, but the point is that those things that are important in your life shouldn't change. Your career might change. Your job might change. Your compensation might change. Those are all things that are gonna change. 
but the things that give you the anchor in your life, like your values, your mission in life, your purpose, what you want for your life balance, those things should always be uppermost in your mind when you make choices. When the guy that does come to you and says, do you want this job? You can ask him the questions that you need answered to be able to say yes or no. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question, too. If uh, if you have someone who's slated to maybe have 11 jobs or something in you know a 20, 25-year period of their life, um, how do you know... How does how does one know, okay, it's time for me to start finding something different and move on to number six, number seven, number eight, or whatever that case is? Because specifically for me, it's hard for me to digest that. I've been at Voice America for 15 years, um, and you think about that and I think about, man, I don't, I can't even fathom what it would have been like the last 15 years to have, you know, four or five other jobs. Um, and so when you're a young person and you're getting into the workforce and you start navigating that, how do you know what are some triggers or some signals to say, Hey, it's time for me to start looking for the next thing. Um, if you've got a plan, like my model, uh, helps you to produce, it leads you down to a point where you can ask yourself a question. Uh, once you know what you want, once you have the plan, you have to ask yourself a question that relates to the environment you're in. And that question is, can I get what I want where I am? And by the way, for your listeners, please never leave a job. No matter how PO'd you are about your boss or anything else, don't do that to yourself until you ask for what you want where you are. So, can I get what I want where I am is a key question. Sometimes it takes courage to find that out. I'll give you an example. We had uh, an individual that we were uh, coaching who was in a position where they really didn't go along, uh, get along very well with a boss. Okay, so in that particular case, we outlined what kinds of things could be done to figure out if the person could get what they want where they are. So that individual happened to have enough courage to confront the boss, have a conversation about the things that she didn't like, move ahead with that particular person, found out six months later the individual's behavior never changed and ended up leaving. So in that particular case, and to answer your question directly, they're all particular cases, one has to assess whether or not where they are is going to lead them to accomplish their plan, where they, they see themselves going. And that could be as simple a question as, Am I going to make enough compensation in this particular job at my age to be able to retire in the lifestyle that I want? If the answer to that is yes, why would you leave it? If the answer to that is no, then you might want to start looking. Someone else may have a different problem that triggers the job search. For example, we've had some people who have said that they don't make enough compensation. Okay. We have others who have said, they don't get along with their boss. Doesn't everybody okay. doesn't everybody say that that nobody makes enough compensation, no. right? <laughs> oh yeah, they'll 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 say that. But uh, the point, in fact, is that an individual uh, may be unhappy with compensation, but uh, most of the uh, psychological theories, frankly, show that people a number one don't usually leave their job for compensation. They leave it because they don't like the environment or their boss. And B, once they get the compensation increase and they're satisfied, a year later, guess what they're looking for? More compensation. More compensation. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's what's called a dissatisfier. Compensation is not a satisfier. Most people believe it is. But the minute you get what you want, you're looking for more. So 
you know, everybody wants to, to make, uh, make more, but the question is, and this is tough for your listeners, I know, the question really is, how little can I afford to make? And in my book, part of the uh, advice we give on financial planning asks this question. Why would you ask that question? Well, first of all, if you're in a position where you're looking for a job, if you want to have the most options, you don't want to say, I won't accept less than $100,000, or I won't accept less than a quarter of a million, or whatever the amount is. What you say is, for my lifestyle, for my retirement, for where I'm going, I won't accept less than X. That automatically gives you the most options, because if X is what you need, anything more than that is gravy, and X opens up all the possibilities of jobs, whereas if you said some number that was higher, it closed out everything between those two numbers. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes a, that makes a huge point, and my wife and I talk about stuff like that all the time. I mean, you, you, you have a job that you like or you, you know, that, that's there, and yeah, you may not be getting the compensation that you want, but you, it's a great environment, and all of those things are great, and if you can sustain that and still get what the outcome is, then yes, I mean, that, that sounds to me like something you should stick with. Secondarily, if you're on the job hunt, you know, I have kids and a wife, and a house and car payment and you know uh, you know those couple of things and so you know that okay this is what I need to make on a monthly yearly basis in order to sustain what I'm currently doing so then that does help you out in the job hunt as you're looking for the jobs you know that well I need to make X amount and this only pays $15 an hour that's obviously not going to work for me so it does kind of help you narrow out the things that don't work for you and to hone in on the things that do work for you so you're not wasting your time Exactly. And uh, there is absolutely nothing wrong with working for one organization or in one career for one's entire life. There are a lot of people out there to do it. Look, when I was at the university, although I had had all of the experiences I had, I was uh, working side by side with uh, PhD professors who had been in their job for 30 years or 40 years even. So there are different kinds of career fields that one can choose if they have a strategic plan for their life, and that's what they want. They want safety, they want security, they want the kind of career that right now at least looks like the kind of career that provides that over a long haul, they can make the choice. But what did most of us do, Ryan, when we graduated from college? We interviewed for four or five jobs and we took the one we thought was best, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, unless today what's happening is they don't interview for the four or five jobs in a lot of cases. What they do is they go get a graduate degree, not even knowing what that graduate degree might do for them, or they get a like my uh, children or grandchildren, they might get law degrees or what have you without thinking about it. I can remember the uh, conversation I had with my eldest son uh, when he was, and I know you have a daughter, I think you said, right? Yep. Okay. So here's the conversation. Dad, uh, I'm graduating, but I really don't know what I want to do. Okay, uh, let's talk about that. We talk about it, and he says, well, I think I want to keep going to school. I want to further my education. Okay, well, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know. I said, go out. I want you to investigate every graduate degree that you can possibly invest. I want MBAs master's degrees in social work, LLB, everything, law, you know, just go out and look at it and come back and tell me what you think. So he goes out and he comes back and he says, Dad, I think I want to go to law school. 
why do you want to go to law school? Well, I want to go to law school because it'll give me the most options. Not because he wanted to be a lawyer, but because that that particular form of education would allow him to do anything, go to business, work for a law firm, become a journalist, whatever he wanted to do. And, and I think that helped him because he did a number of those things. And so in his life, it's paid off. He's a successful and he's doing something that he enjoys doing and it gives him a very you know good life. But it all was triggered by that one decision as to what he wanted to do at college graduation. He didn't go out and look for three or four jobs. And every child is different. Every young person needing advice is different. They all have their own uh, ideas and passions about what it is they might like to do. And they can be quite diverse as contrasted to their friends or even other relatives or what have you. And one has to help them along to make the kind of decision that they need to make, whether they're 21 again or 41 or 61. Wow, what a, what a great talk, Alex. I really appreciate you jumping on. I know that you have uh, the book Time to Get Real that you've recently put out. Can you let our listeners know where they can find more information about the book and get a copy of it so they can walk through and uh, do their strategic job plan? There are several ways that they can do it. They can uh, go to contact us. That's contact us at lifeandcareerplanning.com. Uh, they can go to our website at lifeandcareerplanning.com. They can go to Amazon uh, as well. Uh, either one of those places they could uh, purchase the book. Um, or, or contact us if they're interested in things like uh, coaching uh, or consulting. And if they get the book at the back of the book, uh, Ryan, I think this is important. We list a lot of different resources uh, for people uh, that go beyond what you and I are just uh, are just talking about. And those resources might help people to think uh, more uh, comprehensively about the kind of uh, uh, kind of things that are important to them. Uh, everything from life and career planning and seminars to various books and websites. For example, one of the things in our book that I feel is a gift to most individuals is um, in our seminars, I often ask uh, who has a financial plan? And usually only about three or four people, maybe five will raise their hand out of a group of let's say 10 or 12. And when I ask only three questions, I find out after the answers to those three questions that they don't have a financial plan. And one of the most important things that undergirds a life plan, anyone's life and career plan is a financial plan. So in the book, we give you some resources that show you how you can do it yourself or who you can contact to have it done. Uh, and that becomes really important because you need to support whatever life you choose. And fortunately or unfortunately, money is the thing that supports it today. So the book gives you a lot of hints uh, on life balance, relationships, uh, financial planning, but also um, helps you to think about what your current position is like and what your next or future position should be. So I think it's important for people to understand that they can actually document right now, if they choose to do so, what their next position uh, should be, what they want. Uh, but the most important thing I think is for people to understand that if they don't plan and they, they don't look at their life strategically, life will just keep coming in on them and they'll just be making decisions every day, not against the basic tenets that they have 
as individuals, but because at that particular point in time, uh, whatever's going on in their life causes them to make a particular decision. Whether it's the best one or not, who knows? So I encourage people, not whether it's time to get real as a book or anything else, uh, go get a coach or a mentor, but start thinking about your future so that you're an intentional person because most people are not. Alex Plinio right here on Finding Your Frequency, co-author of Time to Get Real, and you are also the president of Life and Career Planning, LLC. I want to thank you for your time, Alex, for joining the show today. Happy to do it. Thanks for the opportunity, Ryan. Take care. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned in to Finding Your Frequency right here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Uh, Make sure you stay tuned right here because we'll have some more fantastic interviews coming up uh, in the future right here on Finding Your Frequency. Please make sure you follow us on social media at Radio Ryan 1, at Jeff Spinney 2, and of course, the Voice America at Voice America TRN website, findingyourfrequency.net. And make sure you come back and check out some more wonderful episodes of Finding Your Frequency. Stay tuned.